Hello, Googleization Nation, and welcome to Culture and the Future of Workplace Culture, a GGG Unleashed podcast with thought leaders, Human Works 8. I'm Ira Wolf. And I'm Jason Cochran. In each of Human Works 8's episodes, we will cover practical insights, tips, and executable activities to get you thinking about the future of culture development in your organization. Let's begin. Hello, and welcome to Culture and the Future of Workplace Culture. I'm AJ Cruzy, the concept illustrator at HumanWorks 8. And while you've heard Sean Gullius in previous episodes, I'm joining in to continue the conversation about V8, our philosophy about people. Are you ready to bring work to life and life to work? Let's get started. Today, we're going to talk about culture and learning. Everyone learns. I've always thought that learning is like breathing. Most of the time, we do it without even noticing, but we can also control it. We have the ability to focus our attention and energy on learning something new. In the same way, we can use slow, deep breaths to calm ourselves or regain our composure. Breathing happens in those two ways naturally, which is the automatic way, and with intention. And that's true for learning as well. So why does the fact that everyone learns matter for a business or an organization? To answer that question, I think we need to start by considering what lessons your organization is teaching. Some people might call that your company culture. From our earliest moments of existence, people are hardwired to learn. We can't help it. It's so automatic, we hardly notice it's happening, but it matters very much. It's the automatic side of learning. We're influenced by everything around us. And when we're young, we emulate what we see and hear from others. That's why you probably had a parent or guardian concerned about who your friends were. We tend to behave like the people we hang out with. We are influenced by them, just like basketball players on a team are influenced by their coach and employees are influenced by their leader. And while we have more discernment as adults than we do when we're young, we can't help but learn things from our environment. So what are employees learning in your workplace? Whenever I want to know more about an organization's culture, I start looking for the lessons employees are learning from their workplace. Take policies, for example. What do the rules a business has chosen to enforce teach about that organization's culture? And what about the unwritten rules employees learn in their interactions? How are expectations being set and modeled by leadership? Are your employees learning that this organization's core values are essential guidelines, or are they just nice words in your handbook that don't guide much of anything? Is it okay to be a jerk to your fellow employees as long as you're keeping the customers happy? And when someone is struggling, do we talk about it behind their back or try to help them? If this were a test, I'm sure you would give the right answers to those questions. Core values should guide every business decision. It's never okay to be a jerk. When you see someone struggling, help them. But the truth is, what happens in the business environment doesn't always teach the right lessons. Some people go to work and learn that you need to bend the rules now and then to get ahead. That's their organization's culture. The question everyone is much less comfortable answering is, how do we keep that from happening at our organization? Or in other words, 
How can we make sure our organization is teaching the right lessons, the ones that lead to a culture people flock to rather than abandon? The answer to that question takes us back to learning, but this time we need to look at the not so automatic side of things. The side of learning that we can, with effort and attention, control the same way we hold our breath when we go underwater. Earlier, I called it the intentional side of learning, and I have an important personal belief about it. Maybe you have a similar belief. It goes like this. I believe our ability to direct our learning is the single greatest power we have over our own lives. Each time we gain a new understanding or skill, we create future opportunities for ourselves. It's how we set our path, or as William Ernest Henley might put it, it's how we become the master of our fate and the captain of our soul. What do you think? A little dramatic perhaps, but at the very least, I hope you get my point. There's a great deal in this life we can't control, and many of those variables dictate the opportunities we have. Yet learning is your power to create opportunities where there are few or none. That makes it a transformative force and a key ingredient in answering the question of how to create excellent workplace culture. There was some interesting research done by LinkedIn and Josh Burson about the impact of learning in the workplace back in 2018. The study found that people who spend five or more hours a week learning at work were 21% more likely to be happy at work, 47% less likely to be stressed at work, 39% more likely to feel productive and successful, and an impressive 74% more likely to know where they want to go in their career. Those statistics were from individuals considered the heavy learners. For medium and light learners who learned at work between one and five hours a week, the results were rather similar, actually. They were 14% happier, 13% less stressed, 16% more productive, and 32% more likely to know where they wanted to go in their career. So if you're feeling stressed, directionless, unproductive, and unhappy at work, start learning. It can't hurt. Beyond individual results, the same study found that the most successful, fastest growing organizations had made learning a continuous practice. Excellent workplaces, the ones that teach the right lessons and attract and retain talented people, provide continuous learning opportunities for their team members. That sounds wonderful, but is it even possible? Could you carve out five hours at work each week to learn something new? My guess is that most of us would have a hard time spending just one hour a week learning at work, let alone five. But maybe it seems impossible because we're thinking of learning as something separate, like attending a seminar or taking a class. But that's not how learning happens most of the time. Have you heard of the 70-20-10 rule? It says that we learn 70% of what we know from our daily experiences. 20% from our relationships and 10% from coursework or training. So learning is much less about elaborate training modules or robust learning management systems and more about establishing habits that reinforce learning from our daily experiences. Some of the world's most successful teams are famous for this. The Navy SEALs call it the after action review. After every exercise, they ask four questions. What did we intend to accomplish? What happened? Why did it happen that way? And what will we do next time for a better outcome 
or to repeat our success. You could call it a debriefing, a postmortem, or a retrospective. It's the same habit, and it has the same purpose, to make the learning greater than the experience. I like to ask these three questions. What worked? What didn't work? And knowing what we know now, what should we do differently next time to get a better result? It's amazing how powerful those three questions become when you make them part of your daily routine. So try it for yourself. Begin asking these questions after projects, meetings, or at the end of a shift. The time your team spends learning will increase exponentially because routines like this transform everything you do into a learning experience. The best way to increase the amount of learning we do at work is by integrating learning into the things that are already happening. Every day is an event. So why not make it a learning event by asking a few simple questions? Learn 365 days a year. The same is true about performance. We're performing our job every day, but are we taking time to learn from our experiences? Or are we stuck in an old, outdated routine when it comes to team member performance? I believe you can tell a lot about an organization's commitment to learning by how they conduct their performance reviews. Does your performance review process show a commitment to learning? Or is it telling your people something else is more important? Not long ago, I was talking to a leader who wanted my help in designing a new performance review process for his organization. He leads a young and quickly growing business that up until this point hadn't had a unified process. When I asked him why he wanted performance reviews, he told me very directly, I need to know who my A players are because I only want A players on my team. I can't be successful with B players. He was telling me what was important, productivity and results. And who could blame him? I want the same things on my team, don't you? His need to understand how the people running his business were performing was perfectly natural for someone in his position. But it wasn't until I asked him, what happens to the B players, that our conversation shifted to the importance of learning. I asked more questions, things like, if my leader thinks I'm a B player, will they tell me? And will anyone help me become an A player? So inevitably, our conversation kept expanding until we arrived at what he really wanted. He wanted to set a high bar for performance. He wanted to coach people to higher levels of productivity. He didn't want A players to be satisfied. He wanted them to continue growing as well. Bottom line, he wanted continuous learning to be an intentional practice throughout his organization. That wasn't going to come from a traditional performance review process because it couldn't be a once a year conversation. It had to be more frequent. It had to be a more frequent, ongoing conversation. This wasn't going to come from a traditional performance review process because this couldn't be a once a year conversation. It had to be a more frequent, ongoing interaction between his team members and their leaders. This also couldn't become leaders checking off boxes or rating core competencies. This had to be a conversation, one that considered all the unique contributions made by that team member, and it had to focus on capturing learnings and transforming those learnings into new strategies that would improve future performance. 
this had to be a conversation as much about the future as it was about the past, and it had to be driven by the team members themselves. So that's exactly what we created. We created a performance process built around frequent discussions led by team members and focused on using learnings to strengthen future performance. Shortly after that organization implemented the new performance process we designed together, the leader sent me a, a thank you note. In it, he had copied a shout out one of his leaders posted on their team Slack. Here's what it said. It said, this may be the single most important process we've rolled out this year. It was great to have this set up as a conversation about growth and development, not just a checklist of metrics. Without a doubt, this was the most thorough and productive performance evaluation I've ever been part of. Do you think an approach to performance like this could work for your organization? What if you strengthen the performance conversations you're already having by making them more frequent and more focused on the team member learning? What if your leaders built learning routines into the team conversations and meetings that already exist? What if your organization was committed to team member learning? Could it make your team members happier or less stressed? Could it help them feel more productive and successful or give them clarity about where they want to go in their career? And if more learning could do those things for your team members, imagine how it could elevate your organization's culture. Everyone learns. So make learning the foundation of your team member experience. Creating learning opportunities may be easier than you think. Start with the obvious, your organization's performance review process. You need to measure the effectiveness of past contributions, but the conversations can't stop there. Team members must be involved in identifying what their experiences have taught them and determining what they will do differently in the future. Give ownership of the process to your team members themselves and educate leaders on how to guide and support it. Show your team that you're invested in their learning and they will invest in your team. If you want to learn more about how we do that at HumanWorks 8, let's connect. Send me an email at aj at humanworks8.com or find me on LinkedIn. Stay connected with the whole HumanWorks 8 team by checking out our website, humanworks8.com, and the seven other components that make up our philosophy about people. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and learning about the future of workplace cultures. We'll be back next month with HumanWorks 8 for another episode. But until then, please visit their website for additional resources at humanworks8.com. Until next time, don't let the shift hit your plans.